we are living in the overflow. We thank you that you are more than enough. We thank you that you've given us the victory. We thank you for all the blessings that we have had, all that we have, and all that we're going to have as we serve you. We give you the praise and the honor and the glory in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, good to see all of you in the house of the Lord. You can be seated. Hope you all had a wonderful Christmas, wonderful New Year's. Dan had a great message last Sunday. I encourage you to get that. God's got a great message for you today. Next Sunday, Pam has a message, possibly a series that she's going to be sharing, and it's going to be awesome. Also, I encourage all of you to, if you don't have a card on your mirror, pick it up. And uh, just saying, dear God, help me to be like Jesus every day of this year and help me to love people the way you do. <clears throat> Goals for this year, what you're asking God to do. You know, you need to study the word ask in the Bible. And uh, it's to put a demand on something. Now, we know we don't demand of God what we want. But when God gives us his word, then we can ask. And if you ever study that word ask, it's like opening a door to have something come to you. And uh, what are you asking God to do for you this year? And what is God asking you to do for him this year? And it will change your life. And I really encourage you to sign up for that newspaper ad. We need to continue to pursue uh, righteousness for all of these children that God wants born into this earth. And uh, praise God, it's going to be a, a, an awesome 2017. I believe that. Uh, I want us to pray for all the families that were affected down in Fort Lauderdale. And some of you, most of you have read the story about the tragedy. <coughs> we need to live in a day, and this is not the message today, but we need to live with spiritual discernment like never, ever before. And when we were in the um, anti-terrorism training class over in Israel, um, I think Mike and Janet, you were part of that, and some of the others that were there uh, when Rodney and I were there. Uh, what I really got out of it and how these people are being trained, now we realize that we are not trained like uh, Israeli IDF forces, but either run, you hide, or you attack. And, and that you have to have spiritual discernment to know when to leave an area and when to be ready to do something that God would have you to do. And the enemy is walking about like that proverbial roaring lion, but we have the victory. Let's say we have the victory. And so you have to know when to go into an area and when to get out of an area. And when that just you don't, don't try to reason it out. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't reason just follow the discernment of the Holy Spirit and uh, into safety for your life. So, Father, we pray for all of those families that were affected down there in Fort Lauderdale. Lord, they on their way to vacations or whatever. Uh, some of them, unfortunately, their life ended. Others are hurt and in the hospital. And for the tragic effect for all of those families, we just pray somehow peace in the midst of a tragic situation, and I pray for every person in this church, spiritual discernment to be active every moment of every day, to be aware of your surroundings, and not to be in fear, but to be in faith and to be in power in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Well, it's good to see you here. As I said, Pam will be back up here Sunday. But if you have your Bible, turn to the book of John chapter 10. We're going to be <coughs> reading there uh, and uh, talking about really 
kind of a, a, a basic spiritual 101 message of what God has been putting in my heart. And as I was getting ready for this message, I felt like, God, this message is really for me in some areas where I have struggled from time to time. How many of you have some areas, let me see your hands, of great victory in 2016? My hand is up. Your hand is up. Breakthrough that came in many areas of your life finances, health, relationships, or whatever. Let me see the hands of all the people. you got some areas you are still waiting for the breakthrough. You know it's coming, but you're still waiting for that breakthrough. And your focus will determine the destiny on how you view what is happening. And if you focus on the wrong thing, then it's going to take you the wrong direction. And the Word of God is so true. This is a book of promises from start to finish of what God wants us to know, what He wanted us to know in His old covenant, what He wanted us to know and wants us to know in the new covenant, and how we are called by God to be blessed and to live an abundant life. And that as long as our focus is upon Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, the abundant life is going to be ours. It's going to come upon us, and it's going to overtake us. And we're going to talk about that today because God wants you to have the abundant life. One moment, you're in one situation. The next moment, the entire situation changes. You see the hand of God move. You go from glory to glory expecting his hand to move. Brad was up in uh, Fort Wayne, or excuse me, South Bend with Sandy over the weekend. We have been connected with Feed the Hungry for a while in this church, and uh, <clears throat> actually God has really done a work with Feed the Hungry and, some, and, and working with Stan Stanley in the Dreamland, and they've come up with a program where they're going to be taking kitchens in with retired military people into Uganda, into the Camp Rhino area and other areas and do multiple uh, installations up there with the military men. And Brad has been with me over there and with Feed the Hungry, and they have selected Brad. They're going to take Brad over the 29th of this month into Uganda, go through various areas over there to get the coordination on the ground to set up these portable tents to save people from starvation, and uh, Brad's going to oversee the operation for Feed the Hungry. We need to give the Lord a hand. It's going to be a great, great opportunity for Brad, and uh, we're really excited. We're really excited. <clears throat> I just want to share with you, as I was doing this message, uh, I, I just really kind of felt like, God, I need to be sitting out there listening to this message uh, because this message is for me. You have things in your life that if you keep focusing upon them, they just really start to steal your confidence because it's not working the way you know God wants it to. It's not working the way you know you God wants it to work in your life. And if you keep focusing on the negative, then the confidence level will, will start to slip. Now, I hope this makes sense to you. I have total faith that God will perform his word. Can I see the hands of all the people? You have total faith that God is going to perform his word. And how many of you realize that God wants you to hear what he wants you to hear, and you know that God is well able to speak to you so that you can hear? Can I hear your see your hands? That's John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice. But how many of you from time to time can have your confidence begin to be shaken? Am I really hearing from God. Can I see your hands too? And my hand is raised. And if you start looking down that trail, you'll start to slip and you'll start to lose your confidence. And the Word of God is very clear. 
It's not only having faith in God, but it's having confidence that you hear what God is wanting you to hear. And this is what it says in John chapter 10, verse 10. It's a familiar scripture to all of us. But it says, the thief, the devil, comes except to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you would have life more abundantly, the abundant life. So let's make this confession. I have abundant life. Tell your neighbor, I have abundant life. It doesn't matter what you see with your natural eyes. The Word of God is a promise. So we have the promise from God. We have abundance. And that if we begin to speak to ourselves, that builds our faith and we expect abundance because the Word of God says, I have abundance, the abundant life. Now, this is what the abundant life means. It means excessive, superabundance, over and above, overflowing, surplus. Do we have that up there? There it is. excessive, let's say this together, excessive, keep going, what if we got up every morning and read that to ourselves, today I have profuse, super, over and above, sufficient. I have abundance in my life. I have the abundance coming. I have the abundance going. And we focus on what we already have, knowing that all of that belongs to us and that we put that before our eyes all of the time. Last Sunday was the first. The Sunday before that was Christmas. I'm going to introduce legislation that we never, ever have another Christmas on Sunday. Christmas is reserved for resurrection. Christmas is reserved for Easter. This is when Jesus arose. This is not when he was born. It affects attendance too much, so we will no longer have Christmas as an edict on Sunday. Christmas will be on Friday or Thursday, but not on Sunday. And all of a sudden, you begin to see things that you didn't think would happen happen because you know it's not God's will, but it happened anyway. And I don't know about you, but how many of you are moved sometimes by what you see financially? Can I see your hands just to be very honest? In other words, I don't look at my checkbook. I have blessings from God and super abundance, and then we look at our checkbook. And then we wrestle with the cash flow. Everybody say cash flow. Cash flow is not a dirty word. It's a word. And, 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 but what you look at and you see sometimes and you say, God, I know that I have abundance, but if I look at this over here, it takes me away from what I believe. Are you with me so far? So, therefore, I shouldn't be looking at what I'm seeing over here because this is not matching up with what I really believe. It's not matching up with abundance, but it doesn't change the Word of God. You are one moment away from a miracle in your life a breakthrough, whatever you're standing for. You're one moment away from that. And if we, if we understand this, it can change your life. <clears throat> our, our lives were greatly influenced, it, my life and Pam's, uh, by, by many people, but especially the people that we encountered in, uh, in Tulsa. Uh, Orr Roberts uh, influenced my life. I only met the man one time to shake his hand, but it, he influenced my life tremendously. And to be out there and see what he had a vision of back in the 50s, 
and today is continuing to impact the entire world. Billy Joe Doherty, who had a vision as an athlete in, in high, a college on a scholarship that if you'll walk away from all of this and go to Oral Roberts University and wash the athlete's clothes, uh, you'll have a scholarship and you'll impact the world. Now, God didn't exactly say it to him like that, but that's what he chronicled in his book. And each moment, he was one moment away from the breakthrough for both of those men. But there was a point in time when Oral's life, when he was ready to give up ministry, and he was laying fasting on his living room floor in Enid, Oklahoma, and he was just crying out to God. They were poor. They were, the money wasn't coming in. He wasn't making it as a church. His, his church wasn't growing, and he was just laying on the floor, and all of a sudden, he flipped through, and it wasn't all of a sudden. He believed it was God, but he flipped to Third John chapter 2. And as he lay there on the floor, he looked at 3 John chapter 2, and it said, Beloved, I desire that you prosper, even as your soul prospers. And he read it again, 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 and he read it again. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, and hearing. And he continued to read it, and then finally he yelled out to Evelyn, 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 come in here, read this scripture. God wants to prosper us. He said, we are standing on this scripture for the rest of our lives and the rest of their lives. They watched the prosperity of God build that university and take Oral Roberts University and the graduates of that university around the world and actually change the world. Billy Joe Dory, changed by that ministry who got a hold of the vision, take the power of my spirit around the world. One word from God can change your life. Turn to your neighbor and tell him one word from God can change your life. One word from God. And what we've got to do is get so focused upon the blessing of God that we have abundance. <coughs> tell your neighbor, I have abundance. No matter what it looks like, we have abundance. And we've got to keep our eye on focus on Jesus, the author of the finisher of our faith. Now, over in Hebrews chapter 12, all of these scriptures we know, but this is what we've got to continually meditate because if we don't, <laughs> it, will, it will disappoint us and it will start to take us away and start to steal our confidence. Let me see the hands of the people because I know I'm preaching to myself today. Let me see the hands of the people. You had your confidence really shaken in 2016. Can I see your hands? You had some things that came against you. Now, many, many hands are up there. Now, what happens is, the same thing can happen in 2017, but God's going to bring us through, and he doesn't want you to be shaken in the area of the confidence. You're going to be all right because we're going through this knowing that we have abundance. Let's say, I got the abundance. Let's come back to that definition again. Let's read it again. We're going to read this all year long. The abundance of definition is coming on five, four, three, two. There it goes. Let's go. Okay, on the count of one, three. One, two, three. Excessive, superabundance, overflowing, surplus, over and above, more than enough, profuse, extraordinary, above ordinary, more than sufficient. When we were over there <coughs> in the Sudan and uh, in, uh, in Uganda and believing for that land cruiser, in the period of about, I don't know, 24 hours, 48 hours, the whole 
15, $20,000 came in for the Land Cruiser. It just, whoosh, like that came in. Just in a moment, we were overtaken by the blessing of God. Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2 in the Old Covenant is such a powerful scripture. If we hearken unto the voice of the Lord our God, then the blessings of God will come upon us and overtake us. Let's all say it. I'm looking to be overtaken. Wouldn't you like to be overtaken as you're doing the will of God and all of these blessings start to come upon you and start to overtake you and they're coming so fast as you're moving fast and you're not trying to reason it out. How's it going to work? You just know that if you're doing what God told you to do, it's going to work. Now, Hebrews chapter 12, 1 and 3 is such a powerful scripture. Every word of God is powerful. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily tries to ensnare us. Looking unto Jesus, focusing upon Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the shame and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. Now look at verse number 3, because this is what can happen to all of us. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. That word looking means the word signifies undivided attention, looking away from all distractions in order to fix one's gaze upon the Lord. So our focus is upon Jesus because he is going to bring us through. Some of you have heard this story before that I shared, but when I was in the, in the service, we were doing night qualifications in the Pacific, and it was uh, VFM, uh, it was a Marine Corps fighter squadron, VFM 232, and we were doing night qualifications that the pilots had to do. And the most important thing for a pilot is to be trained, all, all military personnel in their field, but especially pilots, to be trained that when you are in a situation, your reaction is rote. It just, it, you don't think about it. How many of you realize if you were old enough to uh, drive a, a stick shift car, that in the beginning you, it was just very difficult? Uh, but then after a while, you didn't even think about pushing in the clutch. You didn't think about shifting. Your whole body was synchronized that it just did it automatically. And that's the way the pilots were trained. And one of the most difficult things for them in their training was to be trained at night uh, and, and to fly at night uh, without uh, any uh, uh, a moon or anything like that and land on a carrier. But they had to do that once a year, and that was their night qualifications, night quals, what they called they trained on the ground all of the time, almost 24-7 sometimes to get ready for it in what they called link trainers. It was a, it was a, a cockpit that they would get in, and it was a simulator, and it would tell them when they were doing right and when they were telling them they were doing wrong. The biggest challenge that they would have is disorientation or vertigo if they did not trust the control panel. They had to fly by the control panel, and the control panel has your all of your indicators, one of the main ones is your what's called an attitude gauge. And the attitude gauge shows you where you are on the horizon. And if you look at the attitude gauge and trust it and have confidence in it, turn to your neighbor and say, trust and confidence. You trust that attitude gauge, then it will not take you astray 
and you can land on that carrier. And we had one pilot who that night was up flying around and without the visual to see the aircraft carrier, he had to fly by his gauge, which they all did. And he began to get vertigo. And that vertigo began to take hold of him and they could not talk him back into the control panel. In our case, it would be the word of God. A lot of people fly right into the ground and crash because they're not living the word of God. They're trying to figure out how this thing is going to work. That pilot was trying to figure it out. He was trying to look for something he could see that would give him the confidence that was right in front of his eyes if he would look at it, the attitude gauge. And he flew that plane into the ocean and he died. Now, he didn't have to if he had gone to his training of looking at the gauge that was before his eyes. We have the word of God before us. We have abundance. Let's all say, I have abundance. Turn to your neighbor and say, I have abundance. So therefore, we never need to get down. We never have to figure out how God's going to do it. All we have to know is that he's already done it. He has already taken care of us. If you have something in the bank, it's already yours, and you can draw up on it. We have a covenant that is better than any bank. And in that covenant, we have a father. And at the right hand of the father is Jesus. And our focus is upon Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he is up there right now, and everything we have need of, he's going to take care of it. I was talking to him the other day, and I said, God, I don't know how you're going to work out last Sunday and the Sunday before, but we didn't have very many people in church, and that meant we didn't have a very big offering. We got a whole lot of money for the Sudan, but we didn't have a very big offering for Lafayette. So I am not going to be worried about it because this is your responsibility. You have abundance, and I know that your blessings come upon us and overtake us. I can stand here and say to you now with total confidence that I know God's going to take care of it. But I can tell you that a few hours ago, I was looking in the mirror. I didn't look like this because I didn't have you to look at. I was looking a whole lot different. I was saying to my wife, honey, do you have a word for Sunday? Do you want to go up there? Because I can tell you what I was thinking. Holy crap, what are we going to do? But at least it was holy. Now, we... What we've, got to do, what we've got to do is focus on the Word of God. If the Word of God said it, that settles the issue. I'm not going to be moved. I'm not going to lose my attitude gauge. What is my attitude gauge? Walk like, talk like, act like Jesus. What is my attitude gauge? Act like you have abundance. What is my attitude gauge? Well, my attitude gauge comes out of Philippians 4.13, Philippians 4.19. Basic scriptures for us, but I tell you what, <clears throat> a ball player, Having a challenge in the slump, they go back to the basics. Are you standing right? Are you shooting right? Are you got the follow-through right with your uh, hand? on the f If you're playing basketball, is the follow-through right with your swing? If you're playing baseball, uh, how's it going with the basics? Well, 413 says, I can do. I can do. I can do. How many of you found out, like I have, that sometimes you need more emphasis than others? Sometimes you can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How many of you realize you need to get your own attention sometimes? You don't have to get God's attention. 
you have God's attention. But you've got to get your attention to get her back on that attitude gauge. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And then you don't run over the checkbook and say, well, he didn't do it yet. That's been my last week, okay? You <laughs> we, have, we have in this church online giving, and I am so thankful we have online giving. However, it can be a little bit of a trap for your pastor because you can sometimes say, hey, why don't you go check that online giving? <laughs> Let's see if God's moved yet. Hey, why don't you go check that online giving? <laughs> and I realize that I need to leave the online giving alone, and God will take care of it. But how many of you realize you have an area in your life like that? Maybe it's not that area, but some other area where you know that it's affecting your confidence. You never, ever, I never question whether God can do it. Never question what his word says. I question my confidence level that am I doing what God has called me to do. And that's where the prayer journal comes in. And when you really think that the best of your ability, this is what God has shown me, and this is what I'm going to do. So then as we go on in 2017, <coughs> we have to realize <coughs> that we're living in a world that everything is moving rapidly in a direction that many of us have different areas of maybe expertise or maybe desire to study concerning the end times and where we are today. <coughs> you can read about Fort Lauderdale and you think, oh, glory to God. Well, you know, should I fly or should I not fly? You should do anything God shows you to do. Don't ever be fearful. We don't have a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And so, <coughs> so we're, we're fine. But then you study, and you might come in here, and you might hear a message on, you know, Matthew 23, 24, 25, about what Jesus says is going to happen in the end times, and Second Timothy chapter 3, and this is what the perilous times that we're entering into, and are we into them now? And you look at the world, and one moment the message is, we have abundance, and the next moment is the bombings are going on in Istanbul, and they're coming to America. And then something else is coming, and you hear those messages, and you hear people and you can become distorted in your process of, of your faith as to where we stand. But all I know is this. There is a scripture that just resonates with me, and it's in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. And it really and truly sums up the position of the abundant life for the believer in the body of Christ. And it says that the man of God, after after. After everything is described, what Jesus had said was going to happen, what Timothy, uh, Paul rather, said was going to happen in 2 Timothy chapter 3 about the perilous times and people falling away and all those things. Then it says, but the man of God will be thoroughly prepared for every good work. In other words, we are going to be prepared. We're going to have the ability. Abundance. We're going to have it upon us, and we are ready with the light of Jesus to take to the entire world. When darkness intensified, people will run to the light. When people are lost in the darkness, they'll be coming to the light, and we have that. We have been thoroughly prepared, and we will be thoroughly prepared for every good work. Let's say this. I am thoroughly prepared for every good work. No matter what happens, 
And so, therefore, we're not going to be concerned about the situation or circumstance as it relates to our calling by God. We know that we have abundance for every good work, and that abundance is enough, super abundance upon us to accomplish the will of God in our life. Amen? Can you say amen to that? <clears throat> okay, now, in Hebrews, we're going to back up here to Hebrews chapter 10. Because <clears throat> this is especially what I've been meditating, especially what I'm meditating. I, and, and I just be very open and transparent with you. I always have been. And uh, uh, not always. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I'll keep something from you if it's really bad. But, uh, but I was sharing with Pam. I said uh, just a couple days ago, and I know it's a bad confession, and I rebuke it. But uh, I said, you know, honey, I feel like in some areas I'm beginning to lose my confidence. How many of you have ever felt that way, where it's like, you know, you, you go out and you, <coughs> you play basketball. I love basketball. And uh, Luke's, by the way, is having a great season at Faith. And uh, <coughs> um, But you go out there and you start shooting that basketball. How many of you guys, girls, love to play basketball? It's just fun. And there's just that feeling when you start shooting and, and, and it starts going in. You know what I'm talking about. And you just hear another whoosh, whoosh. I take my grandkids out every once in a while and play, and 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 now I know this sounds pretentious, but but I I used to be a, a, a pretty good basketball player. I had a really good shot, and every once in a while I can get back in the zone. You know what I'm talking about? You get you get in the zone. I <coughs> I don't know how it works. <coughs> I don't know how this works, but but I once you get in the zone, it just seems to doesn't matter what you throw up, it's going in, and and so you'd be out there just swishing those little shots and. And they go, whoa, you know, and you're just trying to stay humble, but no, you're not. And just throwing those things up there. And, but then sometimes you go out there, and it's like you can't hit the broad side of a barn. It's going off the rim. It's off the backboard, anything else. And it's like, wait, this is the same hand, the same arm, the same eye that just made everything just a few moments ago. And now it can't hit the broad side of a barn. <coughs> Confidence can be like that. And we've got to be careful that we never miss our confidence. One of the greatest basketball players that ever played was Michael Jordan, in my opinion. And, uh, and, and, and one of the things that was said about Michael Jordan, number one, he was, never, he was never afraid to miss a shot. He would take a shot whether he was making them or not because he knew the percentages would eventually catch up with him. And sure enough, you know, he, you could, if you ever were, I watched him all of the time when the Bulls play, the running of the Bulls. And Michael Jordan's 0 for 4, 0 for 6, 0 for 8, and Michael's still shooting. <laughs> and then at the end of the game, he's got 60% of his shots he's made because he all of a sudden he got that zone. He got into that zone. He never lost his confidence of shooting. The worst thing you can do if you're shooting poorly is to stop shooting. You've got to keep shooting, and you've got to keep doing it. Same thing in the body of Christ. You can't let go of that confidence. You've got to continue to do what you know to do. And it says in verse number 35 of Hebrews chapter 10, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you've done the will of God, you will have the promise of God. <coughs> this is confidence. To be convinced, to be confident, and to have inward certainty. I was rereading a book. I felt like the Lord showed me to go back and, and begin to reread some of the books that really changed my life. Oral Roberts, Billy Joe Doherty, uh, Kenneth Hagin. Um, stuff that came out of Kenneth Hagin was just world-changing. Still is. 
changing the world. In fact, Wayne LaGradue is right here with us. And, and uh, I was reading this one chapter of how when <coughs> Pastor Doherty had gotten the ministry, uh, he, he did what he thought God showed him, but the ministry was uh, $3 million in debt in a car dealership. And you've heard me share this story before. It's, it's in his uh, story, uh, uh, Led by the Spirit. $3 million in debt. And he had uh, and he had a VBI banquet uh, that was he was to speak at he and Sharon uh, that night and uh, they were they couldn't service the the the, uh, the loan the the three million dollars all they could do was pay the interest they couldn't service the whole note and <coughs> and he's sitting there not even wanting to be there at this banquet have you ever been somewhere you didn't even want to be all of us, all of us have been sometimes, and you know what's going on. You know what the Word of God says, and you got to focus in. And he was there, and he said, "I didn't really even want to be there. The ministry's three million dollars in debt. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle it. I thought we made the right decision. Now I'm not really sure. All of these things that I've heard him say over the years. And he said, as he's there at the banquet, he just had this open vision. And at the time, the the <coughs> ministry was meeting in a car dealership that had been remodeled to look like a church. They were all Roberts University graduates, but they hadn't really met all Roberts, hadn't really n known him. And, uh, and, and all of a sudden, he has this vision of Victory Christian Center meeting in the Maybe Center. Now, the Maybe Center is, it doesn't do it justice to call it this, but a huge basketball complex at all Roberts University camp, but it looks like anything but a basketball co uh, complex. It is a state of the art even to this day where you have what they call Johnson Theater where out of the ceiling huge curtains, huge curtains come down and they, they look like royalty and you have a 4,000 seat arena and then at the flip of a button of the hydraulics changes and it goes to a 6,000 seat arena and then another flip of the button it goes to an 8,000 seat arena and then when you pull it all up you've got about a 12,000 seat arena there. And no church had ever met there. And, and Brother Roberts had said he didn't ever want a church to meet there on campus. He wanted to be ecumenical, but no particular church was ever there. And, but he saw, saw it meeting there. How many of you have seen some things that you can't really wrap your mind around? Can I see your hands? You said some things so far beyond you. That's God getting ready to prepare you for where you're going to go. That's God getting ready to move you into that. But you will not be able to understand it. And he said, I couldn't understand it. And after the banquet, on the way home, I turned to Sharon. And I said, Sharon, this is what I saw. And she said, well, <coughs> if it happens, that will be a miracle. Everybody said, that'll be a miracle. How many of you know God's in the miracle business? Turn to your neighbor and say, God's in the miracle business. If God's showing you something that will exalt Jesus and exalt the name of Jesus and help people, it is probably God speaking to you, getting you prepared for the next step of your life. And a long story short was through a natural, uh, through supernatural events, they ended up with Oral Roberts. They ended up talking to him, and he opened the entire Maybe Center. And when Victory Christian Center went into the Maybe Center, that's when the church truly exploded around the world. It was already moving across the country because of the reputation, but it exploded into the world as soon as it went into the Maybe Center, and the rest is all history. You are one moment away from the blessings of God, one moment away from your breakthrough, one moment away from the finances that you have need of, one moment away from everything that God wants you to have. And it's not going to be just 2017. 
is going to be from now until Jesus returns. God's going to show us something to do. We're going to do it, and we're going to move out, and the blessings of God's going to come upon us and overtake us. Sometimes it'll seem like it's going to be the 11th hour, but that's only on our clock. God doesn't have a clock. God will move. Let's all stand. But I want to give you one more scripture before. Now, this scripture, oh, glory to God. I have known this scripture. How many of you realize it's different 